The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Moggs here with Will Brinson and John Breach. Today, we're going to discuss NFL futures and how free agency has impacted those odds. Keep rocking with us next week for more off-season news. If you're catching us on YouTube, smash that like button, comment, subscribe, audio only, do the same, download, follow, leave a five-star review, and don't gatekeep, y'all. Tell your friends to tune in. All right, I know we were talking in the uh, the What's I guess gatekeep- the, the group chat. Like a, is gatekeeping like, like a, don't don't keep it to yourself. You, if you're a gatekeeper, no, no, I understand. But is this like a yeah. is this like a cool like gaslight? Is it like the oppa of gaslight or something like that? Is it like something that people are saying? I, I haven't heard it. I I understand what the like the logic behind oh. it. I just haven't heard it. So yeah. I'm wondering if it's well. I'm assuming that it's something cool, and I don't know about it. Yeah, it's cool. Right. Well, I'm glad so you start, bring coolness to you, Brinson. Well, well I'll start a, using it and drive it and drive it into the ground where it's no longer cool. Okay. Brinson, there are a lot of cool things you don't know about. Been doing that for decades. Remember when people used to say dog, and then then I started saying it, and then and now people say cat. Yeah, what's up, cat? Yo, what's up, cat? And hamster. Yo, hamster. Okay, haven't heard that one. Haven't heard that one. Haven't heard the hamster. All right, and we'll That's say- all we say here. We'll we'll get into football, but y'all, I wanted to lay the points with Tennessee today, and Is both of y'all convinced me. Now, I look, I've got friends that live in Alabama, and I've got friends that are from Kentucky, and so y'all is now a part of my vocabulary. And to be honest, I think it's a very efficient word. So I'm from California, I've never lived in the South, but I say y'all a lot. I like it. I like it. it's actually really good for uh, modern times because oh. you can encompass an entire group of people. You don't have to be like, hey guys, hey gal, you know, yes. like, you, like, you know, yes. you just, hey y'all. You just, there's no, there's no boundaries. There's no nothing. It's very inclusive. Ironically, it's a sound. very efficient, efficient word. But y'all were trying to talk me out of laying the points with Tennessee tonight. You guys like FAU? Um, I think it's more like the line stinks to me. Because Tennessee's been really good all season long. They're probably the better team. Five points is kind of stanky, and I don't know if I want to really dive into that. So I think it's it's more like and Rick Barnes, frankly. Like, I like Rick Barnes. I wish we had a chance to hire him at NC State like 15 years ago when we hired Sidney Lowe and um, our idiot athletic director at the time, Lee Fowler. Rick Barnes was like, give me your best offer. Like, just, just you get one shot. Give me your best offer. And he, he's like, <laughs> this is how you negotiate. And he, learned, he, he gave an offer like below what he was making it at, um, I guess he was at uh, he Texas or Clinton, wherever he was at the time. Um, and, and Rick Barnes was like, well, no, man. And so um, I, I root hard for Rick Barnes. I really like him. Uh, but, I, you know, he does have issues closing out in the tournament. And I, yeah. I think, too, a little bit of – I think there's a little bit added pressure for teams who are considered – 
legitimate contenders. I think whether you're Alabama or Tennessee, I mean, and Tennessee's a four seed. Texas, even if you want. Now, like, this bracket is so wide open. If you're Alabama, it's like, what's your excuse for not winning this tournament? You know, like so right. many teams. And, and so you're Tennessee, you're getting a nine seed in the Sweet 16. And I, I just think the, it's the, I think they keep it within five and a half, maybe pull off the upset. Brenton, I will say real quick, you just said that Tennessee has been good all season. They've been good for two months. They were 18-3 and three on <laughs> February 1st. They are 7-7 seven and seven since then. You don't know which team is going to show up. They've just been so sketchy. Basically. But their defense against – okay, you're right, you're right. They, But their defense against Duke was like just – I mean, if they, if, they let them, if they let them play defense like that against anybody, they can win the whole thing. Like they were – Yeah. And the Duke fans, you know, yeah, look at the Leah. They were allowed to push us around. It's like, crow. Well, and that was going to be my ultimate point was <laughs> that you don't like know which that. Tennessee's – you don't know which Tennessee team is going to be there. We might get first-round Tennessee that barely beats Louisiana, lets Louisiana hang around. Louisiana is not even close to as good as Florida Atlantic. Or you might get second-round Tennessee that just blows out Duke. And if that team shows up, then then FAU doesn't have a chance. So uh, I feel like FAU is going to win. And if I think they're going to win, I would definitely bet them to cover. So who knows? And all the pressure's on Tennessee, as you mentioned. Usually in this round, the pressure would be on the one seed because it would be a 4-1 game. But with no one seed left, it's all the pressure's yeah. on Tennessee. Yeah, if you're a nine seed at this point, you were playing with house money. Yeah. I was going to lay the points. You guys talked me out of it. Now I'm leaning on the under for that game because, Will, you touched on it too. The defense is so good or can be so good. And if you think about FAU, they've been really good at three-point shots. They've been racking up those three-pointers. And Tennessee is the best defense against the three ball. So I don't know if they're going to be as successful. So now I'm going to take the under on that. So thank you guys for your uh, for your input. Because By, by the way, March Madness uh, starts tonight at 6.30, I believe. But the action really kicks off. What time, Katie? Do you know? Oh, well, today at 7.15 Eastern on CBS, we head to the Sweet 16 at the NCAA Men's College Basketball Championship, beginning with Arkansas taking on UConn, followed by a huge showdown between UCLA and Gonzaga. Then on Friday night, Miami faces top-seeded Houston and Xavier meets Texas. Our coverage continues with two more days on Sunday at 2 Eastern, with our winners punching their ticket to the Final Four. March Madness continues today on CBS. Okay, I have a question Brilliant. before we continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know the golfer whose last name is Shoffle? Do you know what, what is his first name? Scheffler or, or no, no, Shoffle? It starts with an X. Oh, no. I, oh, no. Xavier. No, no, no X-A-N-D-E-R. Well, you Xander. Think, how do you, right, ex, okay, yeah. And then, um, you know the gas station? E-X-X-O-N? Exxon? Yeah. I'm just curious how you do your exes. Alexander, Xavier. Oh, okay. I thought this was some yeah. kind of a quiz here. So, no, 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 oh, it's why? Just a oh, Xavier. Did I say Xavier? I say Xavier. Well, no, no. Britton is in a roundabout way. I think try as a Cincinnati person, it's it's Xavier. Okay. But you said Xavier. I think he was just trying to yeah. say. No, uh, I've heard I've heard people say. I say I'm wrong. No. I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm saying like I say eggs on like eggs e g g s o n right. And I say Xavier. Oh. But if you're an X Men yeah. fan, it's Professor Char- Professor Charles Xavier. Yes. But the college is called Xavier. There's a, it's trust me. Yeah. That's it wasn't it a criticism. It was just a it was a, di- it was a linguistic. It was a linguistic inquisition. Yeah. Well, I guess inquiry, Xander, inquiry, I, Xander I did with the, with, the, with the Z, but the rest of them, yeah, I pronounce the X. I also, which people, how do you pronounce the, um, the Florida team that uh, S- Sunshine plays for? Oh, uh, you guys don't. this is a breach problem, not a me problem. It's Jaguars. Yeah. Breach, how do you say Jaguars? <laughs> Jaguars? No, don't do it. I say Jaguars, and every time I say it on air, the producer comes to me, and they're like, it's Jaguar, or I'm like, Jaguar. It's like Jaguar. And you're like, I'm 1% off. I I say it the same way, Katie. Yeah, you and Breach both say Jaguars. But that's what I'm saying. I always get a producer in my ear that's like, it's Jaguars or Jaguar. I'm like, there are different ways to pronounce this term, depending on where you're from, but... 
Okay, or not, or not. <laughs> you guys both did like the when the dog kind of like tilts its head when it's curious. Like, are you sure? Um, all right. Well, moving on. Let's let's. I talk. say jaguars NFL too. Just, just to be fair, I say jaguars. Well, I say it, but I know I'm wrong. At this point, it's a running bit because Wilson and Brinson have been ripping on me for so long about but it. Are, so, but are we wrong? Because there's now I, three of us that say it that way. Are we just trusting that Brinson says it correctly? Is that what we're? I, that's well, I think it's phonetically incorrect. Is is the problem? I, I and this yeah. is. Me, are you? I say it the same way you do. You also say Bell Belichick, so I don't know if it's <laughs> Billy uh, B. By the way, we should, we should, with by noting Bill Belichick, or mm, what, that's whatever. different. I literally did that like twice, and now you say I do whatever. But the Jaguars thing, I do every time, and of that's course, I'm just saying that we should go straight to the AFC South, that's where we should go, I think. With the, with the but, but follow the rundown by all means. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Okay. So let's, let's talk division winners. Obviously it's time now to look into the future. It's a little bit too early, but it's always fun to do. So starting with the AFC, if we look at the AFC West, you got the chiefs, of course, the favorite here, minus minus one fifty. Then you got the chargers, Brinson's former favorite team, plus three forty. Broncos plus four fifty, and Jimmy Garoppolo's Raiders at plus 1200. Brinson, where are you taking us? All right, so um, I said all last offseason, and if, if there was one thing I was – well, I mean, I, there were a couple – I was, you know, first – I was right about a lot of stuff last season. I probably should have, you know, wow. a little bit more. Well, I mean, I nailed the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I don't think I, not many people had that. I should have, you know, should have gone Chiefs instead of the Ravens. I said oh, – well, There was a team that got injured that that could have been there. Well, yeah. I mean, I I, well, I had the 49ers and the Eagles in the NFC Championship game before the season. Like that was my prediction. I remember we were I, we were texting, and you were like, "Mox, yeah. I have to tell you, I have some Eagles futures." And yeah, we I, got yeah. It. yeah. I mean, I didn't make any money because of the freaking Chiefs. <laughs> Whatever. The yeah. um, I, but the the Chiefs at one point after the Chargers traded for Cleo Mack and the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson and the Raiders traded for Devontae Adams and signed Chandler Jones, all these big names and the Chiefs trade away Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs got up to plus 160 to win the division. And that was like the biggest talking point for me the entire offseason was this is irrationally stupid. They still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid. And plus 160 is just a crazy number. Now, I think that there's a there's a, obviously a lot less hype surrounding the other teams this offseason, but... We've got you know a new offensive coordinator in uh, Kellen Moore with the Chargers. Um, you know we'll, we'll have to see how which way the draft goes, but certainly I think people look at the Chargers and say this team, as always, if everything clicks, they could be great. Um, the Broncos get Sean Payton, you know, yeah. they're, they're plus four fifty, and then the Raiders get Jimmy G and really turn over a lot of the roster in a in a patriotified kind of way. So I think you can make an argument for all three of the teams that are plus money to finally steal something from the Chiefs. But they're still too cheap for me. Minus 150 for Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid with the consistency that they bring to the table. I don't care if they lose offensive linemen. They're changing over some of the some of the positions like Jawan Taylor in. You have um, Orlando Brown out. I think if they're making that move with the prices that they did it with, they know what they're doing. Um, and I, you know they lose McCall Hardman. They lose Juju Smith-Schuster. I also think, and this is really important for this particular conversation on this particular day, that when you look at the Chiefs roster as it stands right now and their receivers, they have MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, and after that, it's like Justin Ross, who's a second-year guy. We still don't know where he's going to be with his injuries and stuff. Someone named Ty Freifogel, Big Boss John Ross, and Cornell Powell, which sounds like a, a, a teacher at Yale or Cornell. Um I think they're going to make a one big move for a receiver, and it might be DeAndre Hopkins. So if they trade for DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to be the oppo of last offseason where you're going to see the Chiefs go to like two minus 200 or more because just because people are like, oh, they got Hopkins. And I don't think they have Sky Moore, too. I didn't mention. I'm sorry about that. Um, obviously, they have Travis Kelsey, too. I think – they're they're they've got one more move left in terms of a receiver. They still have uh, draft picks, and if they do make a big splash at receiver, maybe it's even Odell Beckham, then that number is going to creep up. So I would like to buy now the Chiefs at minus mm. one fifty. I think mm -hmm. we'll see this number stretch out, and I think we'll we'll be able to get better numbers on the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders if you're building out an AFC West portfolio. So that's where I stand on that. I agree with Brinson here. This, look, minus 150, you don't love to take the minus numbers, but with the Chiefs, it just feels like 
a no-brainer. I was one of those dumb people that jumped on someone else's bandwagon last season. It was the Chargers. Mm. I picked them to win the division. But the thing is, like, everybody thinking, hey, the Chiefs offense might take a step back. They lost Tyree Kill. There were no steps back. They took steps forward. They won the Super Bowl. And you look at, since Patrick Mahomes has been the starter for the Chiefs, five seasons, he is 26-4 and against AFC West teams. It's just utter dominance. And then you look at last season. They won the division by four games. It wasn't close. Even if they lose three of that and only win it by one game. So even if they take a step back, every other team would have to take a gigantic mantra step forward. And so I just don't feel like the other teams have caught up with the Chiefs. And at minus 150, I feel like, uh, you know, people, a lot of people see the minus number, get scared of the value. But I feel like that's great value for the Chiefs in this situation. I agree with both of you. That is great value for the Chiefs in this situation. And Brinson, you brought up a really good point too, which I didn't think about. Normally, I wouldn't like to lay 150 uh, and have my money tied up all the way until January of next year. But I do think that these odds will change. But if I had to look at just the way that things are sitting right now, I might think about, and it I feel kind of gross saying this, the Broncos at plus 450. Yep. Because you got Sean Payton. And so hopefully Russell Wilson gets a little bit better there. Obviously him and Nathaniel Hackett did not hack it together and they've loaded up on their O-line, which should help. They got McGlinchey who is a, Oh no, boo, boo. Yeah, no, but I, I, I think at plus 450, maybe the Broncos could. Do you know anybody stupid enough to pick the Broncos to win the Super Bowl last year? No, who? Oh, okay. Breach drank the Kool-Aid a lot last time. I was on the Chargers. I was, the Chargers Kool-Aid. I drank the Chargers Kool-Aid. Okay, hand up. I I did last year. And uh, and I thought that they were the sexy, fun, cool pick. And they have been for the last couple of years. And then the Chargers just charge um, in the offseason. So I'm not falling for that trap again. And look, I'm not saying I'm taking the Broncos right now. I'm just saying if we look at this board and where the value is, even though I love Jimmy G, am I taking that tw- you know plus 1,200 on the Raiders? No, I'm not going to. Um, but I agree with both of you that this, uh, this Kansas City value should change. So if you are looking to to buy into something that minus 150 is a good price. All right, moving yeah, on I mean, I, to the uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, I was gonna say, like, I, I yeah. the Broncos, I would the Broncos, I thought about it, and I'm just not like the Chiefs yeah. are gonna win 12 yes. games minimum, right? They're they're just gonna yeah. win 12 games minimum. And do we think the Broncos are gonna go to I mean, I think 12 and 5 might be their ceiling. Ceiling. So that's yeah, that's kind of the issue there. I like I don't like to bet against Sean Payton, but I Andy Reid's a better coach than Sean Payton right now, still. So. Well, and you got the best quarterback in uh, in football. Okay, so if you look at this AFC East division, the Bills are the favorite. We know how I feel about betting on the Bills, plus 130. Then you got the Jets, plus 180. Obviously, a lot riding on the Aaron Rodgers news. Miami Dolphins, plus 375. And then you got the Patriots at plus 1,000. We'll see how Sully feels about that one. But Breach, when you look at this, what do you think of for the AFC East? Uh, well, look, I, I know that the Aaron Rodgers trade is probably going to happen. And uh, I see a lot of people loving the Jets because of that. But I'm not even sure the Jets are the third best team in that division with Aaron Rodgers. So throw the Jets out, throw that plus 180 out. I don't want anything to do with that. I think the most intriguing team here is the Dolphins at plus 375. Mm. Uh, just with everything they've done this offseason, they've had a fantastic offseason, whether it's uh, trading for Jalen Ramsey, uh, added David Long. They got several, they got most certain Jeff Wilson back. Uh, Mike McDaniel definitely knows how to use those guys. Um, but the biggest question mark for me is Tua. So I think the Dolphins are so intriguing, but I just, you give me the Bills and a plus number, I'm taking the Bills. Yeah, this is um, this is Kansas City from last year. This is hype train Magoo has rolled into town and you have the Jets who are plus 180 without Aaron Rodgers, by the way, they don't have him. They're probably going to get him. And I understand the way that they're probably going to get him. They're more than likely going to get him. I think it's 95%. (laughs) Uh It has to be priced this way because you can't make the Jets three to one and then Rodgers actually gets traded. Um, yeah. The Dolphins are priced knowing that they have had a really good offseason and we think two is going to play. I, I don't want anything to do. I would, I, they're priced as if two is a hundred percent playing 17 games. Yeah. I, I would, I would rather have like five to one plus on the Dolphins with two situation. I mean, no guarantee he's going to play an entire season at all. Um, the Pats are kind of intriguing at 10 to one. 
like the Pats stunk last year. They haven't made a ton of moves this offseason, but they got rid of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as their offensive play callers and brought in Bill O'Brien, which should be a huge, huge upgrade. And if Bill Belichick gets his defense going and they make some good draft picks, like 10 to 1 is probably a little long for the Pats. For me, I think, you know, they were in the division hunt, um, what, two years ago? Not really last mm-hmm. year as much. Um, but this is the Bills shouldn't be plus money. The Bills are the best team yeah. by far in this division. It is exactly the same as Casey last year. People are selling the Bills because they didn't close the deal as a huge Super Bowl favorite. And people think that Buffalo is like, and I, I, I think you've kind of referenced it too. Like people think Buffalo's window is closed, which is crazy. They have Josh Allen second year with Ken Dorsey. They'll get better as a, a play calling a quarterback, uh, you know, tandem. And, and with Sean, you know, Leslie Frazier's gone, but I think you have enough weapons on offense and you have enough talent on defense that this team should win this division. I love Buffalo at plus one thirty. Yeah, I, when it comes to Buffalo winning the division, that's a little bit easier. For, I mean, like I had them winning the conference. I had them as a Super Bowl ticket. So I'm feeling a little bit burned on some of those even more in the future bets. But I agree with what you guys are saying as far as like the Bills being the best team in the division. But Breach, I kind of like what you said about Miami. And I do think that Tua is going to play hopefully the entire season. And they've just, they're so stacked um, on offense that at this plus 375 is really intriguing. Okay, so let's move now to the AFC North, which we've got. Where is it? We have the uh, Bengals as the Bengals. favorite in the AFC North. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? Bengals plus 130. Yeah. Uh, it feels right with the two straight AFC <laughs> championship games. They signed the best tackle in free agency. This this is right where they should be. Do you think I was going to say this feels uncomfortable because they're a favorite for once? Feels a little we, uncomfortable. We, we, last but, the Bengals are the favorite to win the division in friggin' March. Uh, it's it's probably been a while. Probably been ten years. Sixteen, maybe. But look, this is the team. When you look at what these teams have done this offseason, no one's picking Kenny Pickett to win this division. The Ravens <laughs> have had just a train gone off the tracks, just totally derailed. We don't know what's going on. I have no idea what they're doing this offseason. I don't think they have any idea what they're doing this offseason. They might not have Lamar Jackson. You cannot bet them until you know who their quarterback is going to be. I don't care if the number is plus 240 or, or plus 500. We just don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the Ravens. And I would say maybe like the Dolphins were an intriguing bet. I like the Browns as an intriguing bet because, uh. you know, we were talking about Russell Wilson. If he improves to the Broncos, then the Broncos become plausible as a playoff team, maybe in a division winner in the AFC West. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. The Browns have done a lot to put more around him. We just saw them trade for Elijah Moore. Uh, one of their big issues last year was their defense. They had Dalvin Tomlinson, Juan Thornhill. Uh, so they have made a lot of moves to make that team better. So I would say value-wise the Browns, but of course I'm going to put all my money on the Bengals. So it looks like, and now I'm sort of doing this by rough approximation using, because Pro Football Reference includes on uh, each team's you know page for each you know each franchise has each year page or whatever, like 2014 Bengals. Um, I thought it might be 2016. Odds clearly show that the Steelers were, would have been the favorite over the Bengals that year. Uh, 2014, though, the Bengals uh, 22 to one Super Bowl odds and an over under of nine, and the Ravens were 25 to one over under eight and a half, and the Steelers 22 to one over under eight and a half. So I, I think we can kind of suggest that 2014, maybe the last time the Bengals were a slight favorite to uh, win the division. Is my that's my best guess for the last time, and I can't remember, I I can't imagine what the last time it was before 2014, right? I mean, you, know, you had a pretty rough run of it there, breach for a while. Well, I mean, they went to the playoffs in 2011 <laughs> and 2012, so it wouldn't have been that crazy. Well, in 2011, they were 125 to one, and their over under was five and a half. So I think it was unlikely they were favorites <laughs> in the division that year. Well, right, but I'm saying the following season. That's how odds work. They, they you pick up on that. So they were long shots in 2011, expected to do nothing, but then Andy Dalton, AJ Green, the offense showed some life. So you get to 2012, and now they're not going to be 10 to one to win the division. I'm just telling you, I've looked at all the, but I've seen the Steelers had Big Ben and were good. So it was like they just weren't they weren't ever the favorite to be the favorite in the division. I actually think you can make a compelling case that the, the team to bet on is the Bengals here. They have the best quarterback. Yeah. They probably have the t- two best receivers in 
the division? Mm-hmm. T. Higgins be the one for everybody else? Probably. Laurie Cooper, maybe. George Pickens, if you love George Pickens, maybe. Um, so as Breach points out with the Lamar situation, like the Ravens are a terrible bet. It's, I mean, two plus 240. What if Lamar goes to the Colts or the Titans? And, and it's still yeah, not this off the is table. Price like he's there. This is priced yeah, like price he's still going to be there. Or what if he says, I'm not playing until week 10? I, I don't think, again, I don't, I don't think any of those things will happen, but there's enough discord there where I want nothing to do with the Ravens in this spot. Because even yeah. if Lamar is playing, you know, he's on a one year franchise tag deal where it's like you go out and blow it up, like light it up, they're just going to tag you again. So, it's, you know, they're not going to be, unless there's some Joe Flacco deal where it's like, look, you go win the Super Bowl, we'll give you this guaranteed contract. Then, you know, it's a different scenario. Um, the Browns are intriguing, but I would want to have, as Breach points out, I, I would want, I would have more, I would want more like five to one for the Browns. I, I need to see it from Deshaun Watson before I dive in. And then the Steelers, I, I don't hate it that number. I would, I would, I think the Steelers at like 10 to one would have yeah. my entry, maybe eight and a half to one, something like that. I think the Bengals are the clear bet here as the best team that you're getting kind of a discount on just because, like they signed. I, I think the Bengals are easy at plus money here. Bengals bills parlay feels good. Oh, I actually like the Bengals also to take the conference. Now I know we're going up against the chiefs, but they're at plus five fifty to, uh, to take the AFC. And that is a kryptonite uh, for um, Patrick Mahomes a little bit. So I like that. And yeah, this Ravens line is interesting at plus uh, 240. And, and you hit the nail on the head, Brinson, by saying this is priced like Lamar is playing. So it's not like the Chiefs where you're like, oh, maybe I'll play take this plus 240 because then when it announces that Lamar is going to play, this line's going to change. I don't actually think this line will change that much. I think 240 is probably the highest that you're going to get it. Um, so yeah, I agree with you guys. Well, I think the flip Pittsburgh. side there is that if you yeah. think Lamar Jackson is going to leave Baltimore, we've seen the reports this week that he, he apparently maybe wants out of Baltimore, is that if he ends up signing with another team, the Bengals probably move to even money or maybe even oh, yeah. you see a minus sign in front of their right. name. So yes. if you do think Lamar is yes. going to leave Baltimore, now is the time to grab the Bengals because that's when you're going to get them at the plus money. I also think when you when you consider where these other teams finished, and the Browns don't have their pick, obviously, because they traded the Texans, um, but the Ravens and, and – and look, if Lamar leaves, you know, the Ravens are going to – I'm just thinking like, through the machinations of the draft process, right? The, the Ravens, if like, let's say, say he goes to the Colts, the Ravens have the number four pick. So maybe they end up with a, like, there's just, there's mm. just a bunch of different ways where the draft causes, because of where the Bengals would be picking as a team that lost in the AFC championship yeah. game. I think that there's, it's more likely that you see the, I, I, I think now is the time to bet the Bengals is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the best, it's the best number that you're going to see. All right. Moving on to the AFC South division. You got the Jags minus 150 heavy favorites here. Then you got the Titans plus 300 Colts plus 625. And then the Texans are nine to one. I mean, do, do you guys think uh, anyone else besides the Jags are coming out I of the think, AFC I think South? An easy, an easy, obvious bet here. And I'm feel like oh, I'm, give it to us. Give I it think to us. Texas at nine to one is an absolute like I want all of that. Let's go, D'Amico Ryan's. I would say, well, you got a new coach who we think is going to be a really good head coach who's shown an ability to really to 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 like there's no drop off from Robert Solid to D'Amico Ryan's in terms of the defense. You don't have the quarterback position shored up by any stretch of the imagination. The Jimmy G signing would have been nice, but yeah. you do have Davis Mills who and Case Keenum who are functional NFL quarterbacks at times. You added uh, Devin Singletary in the run game. Times. <laughs> so you have him and Damian Pierce. You re-signed Laramie Tunsil. You add Robert Woods. Like This run game could be really interesting for the Texans with the addition of, of Robert Woods. Noah Brown, a sneaky little add there as well. John Michi, hopefully, you know, will get back on the field um, and, and recovered. They added Amari Rogers, who's like, like there's a, I, I think the Texans have, you have an argument that the Texans had low-key, the best of the best off season of like the made the most improvements of any team in the NFL, just in terms of making them a, com, a more competitive than they have been. Uh, Bobby Slowick is their OC. Now he comes from San Francisco. He was fantastic under, under Kyle Shanahan. And there's enough veteran pieces where you, where you bring in Denzel Perryman, like Jerry Hughes, you know, Sheldon, they just have like enough veteran pieces where maybe something clicks on defense. And what if they just have, what if they get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young and they're, and whoever or whatever quarterback they get or, or Will Levis 
whatever quarterback they get at two is just good out of the gates. Like Jacksonville can take a step back. Tennessee, I, I don't understand why they're three to one. And the Colts have a lot of question marks at the quarterback position right now. <laughs> if you thought, however, and Breach can maybe expound on this, but if you thought, Breach, that the Colts were getting Lamar Jackson, six and a half to, plus 625 would not be a bad stab either. Yeah, maybe that is something you sprinkle on if you do think they're going to get Lamar Jackson because that is a number that would just skyrocket overnight yes. if they ended up getting him. But it's, Jacksonville just scares me in this spot. This is a team that has not had a winning season a winning record in back-to-back seasons since 2004-2005. It has been almost 20 years. This is a franchise that has not earned my trust. I cannot bet them, especially when there is a minus sign in front of their name. The one thing I will say about the Titans, they are not who I would bet. But look, Ryan Tannehill went 6-6 and last season. They went 7-10 and because Tannehill got injured, and they were horrible without him on the field. Is Tannehill a great quarterback? No, but he is a good enough quarterback to run the offense that Tennessee wants to run. And he's never had a losing record since he's been in Tennessee. Uh, six and six was his worst as a starter. So I do feel like that team can compete as long as Tannehill's healthy, or maybe they upgrade a quarterback and do something crazy. Like maybe they get Lamar Jackson. Um, but the crazy thing here is I actually agree with Brinson. I think the Texans yes. are the yes. best value here. You know, a fun fact about the Texans guys. Uh, yes, they went three 13 and one last season. They actually had a winning record in the division. They went 3-2-1 and one against AFC South teams and 0-11 against everyone else. So as far as the competitive landscape in the AFC South, they played well against division opponents. And then you look at everyone they added. We saw them add the double Ds with uh, Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary. Oh, yeah. Also, I forgot, too. With Sheldon Rankins, Denzel Perriman. I mean, they've added all these guys, Jimmy Ward, that are going to be starters and, and could quickly help this franchise turn things around. As Brenton noted, though, the quarterback spot, you don't know what's going to go there. So that is the one hesitant part. But, man, if they get somebody good in there, plus 900. Woo, woo. Um, I also worth pointing out, I meant to say this when we were watching, or watching, talking, <laughs> talking about <laughs> the uh, AFC West. Like, the Broncos – the one more intriguing thing about it, and the same thing applies to the Texans and to the Jaguars, the Broncos get a last-place schedule. So do the Texans. The Texans get a last-place schedule. And you know what the Jaguars now get? A first-place schedule. And yep. if you take a peek at it, um, for instance, they get – Yeah, Breach, like their, their crossover opponent in the AFC West this year is – that's right, the Kansas City Chiefs, whereas the crossover opponent for the, the Jaguars is. Whereas the crossover opponent now, I mean, the, the maybe the Texans get hosed because they hit the Broncos because they're last. But point being is like, well, Brenton, let me let me just make your point really concise here. Thank you. The, <laughs> the Jags have to play. The Jags have to play the Bills, Chiefs, and 49ers, and no one else in AFC South has to play those three teams. Right. Which are those wow. are the three? Those are probably the three biggest favorites to win the Super Bowl coming into the season, and they have to play all three of them. So, thank you, Breach. Well, I'm convinced now to sprinkle a little money on the uh, Houston Texans at nine to one after you guys told me that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. You're watching the Pick Six podcast, and we'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. At stake, the chance to put on the iconic green jacket. So golfers, are you ready? Go! It's a tradition unlike any other. The Masters on CBS. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and John Breach. If you're not following us on social, what are you doing? At Pick 6 Pod on all social media platforms. Now to talk about my favorite division, the before, NFC. Before we, before we get to the yeah. NFC West, I just want to point yes. out, I'm wearing a master shirt. It is getting warm outside. It's going to be warm all weekend. You start to hear Jim Nance's voice on the ads. You start to hear his voice 
on these commercials on the Pick Six podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six or youtube.com slash NFL on CBS. It's also worth noting that when the Masters get here, you're going to want like, like this is where CBSports.com and the people who work behind the scenes tirelessly, tire, tirelessly make it work with the stream because you can stream the Masters on CBSports.com. Woohoo. And that album. Pretty excited about. That. Are you excited about the Masters coming up? I'm wearing a Masters shirt right now. It's my. Yeah, have it's you like, been? Have you been to the Masters? Is that where you? I'm this at, in Augusta. Yeah. Oh God. Look, I'm getting, sorry. I got a little. How many times? Little, yeah. Hey. Hey. Button it up. Been, button it up. How many times have you been? So I talk the Masters. I got a hot bothered shirt shirt. I've been twice as a patron though. Um, yes. Not as. A, not as a my dad went player. once, and it was yeah, like a life changing experience yeah, if you're absolutely obviously legit. a big golfer i went back to back years and thought that like i was like well i'm just gonna be going now that's not the case I've yeah been in that's a like a part of my life i saw tom watson uh you know what i lived in atlanta for three years so just a couple hour drive from augusta and no i have never gone because when i lived in atlanta getting tickets you have to win the lottery you have to win the, the ticket lottery and i never won the ticket lottery i did sign up though anyway I thought you were going to tell a quick story, though, Brinson. Oh, I saw Tom Watson in his final year playing at Augusta. We were there for the practice round. And so, you know, the practice round on on, um, Monday and Tuesday of the practice rounds, and then Wednesday is the par three tournament. But um, Monday, they do, the guys come through and they skip the balls across the pond on 16. You know what I'm saying? So like they don't they don't hit a shot on the 16 that part the part three over the water. They all get up there and they try and skip a ball and make it skip like three or four times and jump onto the green. Wow. And it's like and Watson like hit it and skipped it and like got on the green. It was rolling towards it. Every place is going bananas. It was um, it was like oh you know you get little, yeah you get a little a little dusty in there if you're a big golf fan. It's it's really cool to see. You get a little hot and bothered. You get a little dusty. I can't imagine what uh, was happening all, over there with you, with you, Brinson. <laughs> All right, without further ado, let's talk about the best division in football, the NFC West. My 49ers are the favorite, minus 150. Victor in the chat says, 49ers, if Trey Lance starts, I like Seattle odds, but mostly the 49ers. Thanks, thanks, Victor. But look, I don't know that I would lay the the 150, the minus 150 with the 49ers right now. There's so much questions about the quarterback. We all know I have transitioned from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy. Big Brock Purdy fan. I'm not sure about Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. I can't even talk about the Rams at plus 340. I'm not buying into that. I do actually kind of agree with Victor here with Seattle plus the 360. Obviously, Geno Smith got that monster contract. I think the Seahawks surprised a lot of people last year with how well this offense worked. I think they're going to be even better this year. So at plus 360, I like Seattle, but I do think that the 49ers are the best team in the division. But I'm buying it. <laughs> Wait, well, I don't even, oh, is it was, was he booing the night? Just booing Katie? Just booing, he's booing me? Yeah, because he's an Eagles fan. I, I guess so. It. So I think this is a really interesting division to wager on right now because hmm. you have like there's a couple of different things that you can sort of take a flyer on here, right? The um, do, do you guys finally have a? Do you go? You have your first round? No, you see the Niners don't have a first round pick, mm-hmm. right? You know where we do our best work? In the fifth round. Sure. Or the seventh round. Uh, um, My my point is that I think is that – I don't know why I'm echoing there. Uh, Is that I think if you're going to look at a a, a team to bet on here, that the Seahawks with their two first-round picks Mm -hmm. are really interesting at plus 360 because if – depending on what they do at number five overall, and they could certainly trade back down – I mean, they could end up adding like a Javon Carter at fifth overall. Like that would Ooh. not be shocking at all for mm-hmm. Pete Carroll to take a chance on a guy who probably would be the number one pick. We're not for character concerns and for the the interesting quarterbacks in this draft. Like you have to think there's a really good chance a Carolina and Houston both go quarterbacks. Arizona probably goes Will Anderson at that point. And then you have Indy at four. I think Indy would be willing to trade down. I think they would definitely look at a quarterback there. I mean, obviously depending on what happens with Lamar could be Baltimore there for all we know. Um, I think Jim Irsay is going to push, um, you know, that front office to take a quarterback and I'd be surprised if they didn't. So then that could leave Javon Carter landing with the Seahawks at five, which would, 
you know, not be a, you know, a steal depending on what happens off the field, but man, I mean, like you could, you give a player like that to, to Pete Carroll in that defense. And Oof. I just think coming out of this draft with the ammunition that they have and the way that they drafted last year, there's a reasonable chance that the Seahawks are a lot closer to even money to win the division, or at least like two to one ish. If they, if they get a great draft hall and we sort of project a similar, um, impact from last year's draft class for this year's draft class. Whereas Niners, no first round pick uh, Rams, mm-hmm. no first round pick Cardinals picking third. But I mean, unless Kyler Murray's, you know, you could take a stab at 22 to one. If you think Kyler Murray's ready to start the season, I don't to me, the Seahawks are the clear team to take now. Although I think the Rams will end up being a pretty good value at some point. Uh, you know what? I am off the Seahawks train. You know, Katie mentioned that, Hey, they surprised people last year. Well, guess what? There's not going to be a surprise this year. Everyone knows what to expect <laughs> from the Seahawks. Right. I think it's, it, I don't want to say the secrets out on them, but I have a hard time seeing Geno Smith have the kind of success they did last year and, and replicate that success in 2023. And one thing is that it really felt like defenses. I don't want to say figured out Gino, but really started to slow him down in the back end of the season. I mean, he was on fire through the first 12 weeks. Uh, I think he went, he had over a hundred QB rating in nine of the first 12 games. Then only, only went over 90 in one of their final five games. Uh, he started throwing interceptions. He, I just think the, the Geno Smith we saw in the back end of the season, the back quarter of the season is the Geno Smith we're going to see in 2023. That doesn't mean that's a bad Geno Smith. It's just not a great Geno Smith. And so I have a hard time betting on the Seahawks. To me, this is just 49ers. I don't even care who their quarterback is. It could be Brinson for all I care. Kyle Shanahan would make it work. I just think this is one of those. I'm not going to overthink. Give me the 49ers. Let me put my money down. That's it. I'm done. Let's I, go, Breach. I would. Um, that was for Katie. Well, one, <laughs> I would push back on the idea that Gino was that much worse in the second half of the season. I think you look at games one through nine. No, no, not, not the second half. I said the, the last quarter. Okay. So the last five games. Well, to, more importantly, I don't know that the Niners can handle like an upgraded handsomeness from Jimmy Garoppolo to me. So I, I think that would be tough. It would be stuff. hard. It would. Tough. I'd have a Brinson bobblehead here in the back. That would, and that would be. You don't a, want a Brinson bobblehead. It would be weird because <laughs> wearing a wearing a button wearing a button down master master shirt. Buttoned up, buttoned in, just all. <laughs> I have a Brinson bobblehead somewhere around here, but um, you do. Yeah, but no beard. Like, yeah. It's me in a Braves t-shirt. I think the head may have fallen off at some point. Who made it? Uh, some bobblehead company. We I'll should find. have a Brinson Sucks bobblehead sold in the CBS Sports Store. I think that that would be. I'd, why I would buy that. I'd buy one. I love it. Yeah. Okay, well, good. <laughs> Let me just drop in uh, ideas here. All right, anything else on the NFC West? Or should we? Or should we please Billy here and talk about the NFC East? All right, moving on. All right, Eagles, Billy, favorite, plus 115. Then Dem Boys, plus 180. And then the Giants, plus 475. And the Commandos, plus 1,000. Obviously, I like to always go to Billy first when it's about the Eagles. Are you firing on this plus 115, Billy? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no other team that I'm really worried about except maybe Dallas or, I mean, even maybe the Giants. But I'm sorry, did you just, did you say there's no other team you're worried about except for the list two of three teams? I you mean, sound like John Moran. I'm not worried about anybody in the West. <laughs> exactly. I'm not worried about anybody else in this division except the Cowboys and the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> there's a parade inside my city. Yeah. Look, here's hey. the thing like, the Eagles are clearly the favorite. None of these teams really have enough firepower to deal with us. I'm saying, you know, if I have to list somebody to somewhat worry about, I would say those yeah. two teams. You're not worried about Washington because they don't know who their quarterback is. You know, the Giants have made some some solid moves, but we've had their number the last few years. And Dallas will be Dallas at the end of the year. So, no, as an Eagles fan and impartially, you know, still, I believe that the Eagles are clearly the favorite for the NFC East. Well, I mean, they're, they're literally the favorite. So, yes. Um, no, I mean, look, I, I, I think Philly, if, if you're asking me to pick the division winner, then yeah. I'm probably picking the Eagles. Um, right. if you're asking me to pick the best bet, I think the giants at plus four seventy five yeah. are pretty obvious. The best bet, like, what is it? How, when's the last time a team won the, this division back to back? I mean, it's, I know that's kind of a, but who's the last team to, to win back to back? I mean, I'm sure it was Andy Reid's Eagles. I mean, yeah, it was the Eagles. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, history history tends to repeat itself. You dude. were in di- you. Okay, I mean, it does, but you were in diapers and and like I was like you know diapers is a little aggressive. I was in Pampers. 
Pull ups. Billy has a pamper sponsorship. Just give him a shout. <laughs> um, I mean, I think you can make the case that you know, look, look I can Philly. I think Philly, Philly will be really good. I don't think we're going to see a huge drop off. You know, um, I was ahead of the curve last year on the Jalen Hurts, you know, taking a leap forward, and he took a bigger leap than I expected. AJ Brown's impact can't be overstated. The offensive line, you know, you bring back Kelsey. You know, this is one of the best offensive lines in football. I do think there's a, you know, like I, I know that we love Rashad Penny, and I actually was going to list him as like one of the sneakiest signings for this thing we're doing next week for .com. I also think you can make the case that like if Penny gets hurt, you know, Miles Sanders, you know, Miles Sanders is underrated. I mean, he had a great season last year. And okay. Uh, like if, if, if Rashad Penny can't stay healthy, which he's never been able to, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott as your feature backs isn't quite like, I'd let you, I'm just saying like little, they're a little bit thinner in there than I think you would like. And defensively, you did take some losses on the back end. Like the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson loss is a big loss. Their defense was not as good without him. I still think they'll be very good. Um, they also lost their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. There's a ton of turnover with the Eagles. I don't buy into the you lose the Super Bowl and you struggle the next year, but I do buy into when you lose the Super Bowl, you were good enough to get there, and so you're going to have some attrition at your personnel spots and in your coaching staff, which the Eagles have had. I think the Giants have gotten a lot better and I expect them to continue to get better with that coaching staff in that front office making smart picks. And the Cowboys have enough talent to be a problem. Like, I, I, wouldn't, have a, I wouldn't have an issue betting the Eagles as long as it's plus money. But my preference here would be Giants at that number. Yep. Eagles. And then probably Cowboys. I think the Commanders is not a terrible bet. Like, mm. Mm. I mean, it's, maybe, yeah, maybe it's crazy, a sprinkle. But- 10 to 1. Yeah. yeah. You can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, Brinson, but do you honestly believe that Daniel Jones can, like, repeat the season that he had last year with all these expectations now? You know, he gets a contract, and now there's, like, there's like once you get paid, we, we know this, once you get paid in the NFL, there's, there's like, things that come with that. And now yeah. do we actually believe that, like, him in year two with Dable, like, he'll actually progress and he won't stay stagnant. And we won't oh. see the same Daniel Jones as we saw last year. Well, I mean, th- I would flip that right back on me and say, what if the Eagles pay Jalen Hurts this offseason? And yeah, and he's got, and he's changing offensive coordinators, you know what I mean? We saw, I mean, the year two, I think year two, I don't think it's so much stagnation. I think it's, they worked out a deal that both sides, they made both sides pretty happy. And in year two with Dable, it's an argument that he's actually going to take a step forward and, and 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 be better as a passer, particularly if they're able to get him, you know, like, you know, the weapons should be, I mean, I think the weapons are improved, right? Like it felt like last yeah, you year. Get Darren Waller, you know, that's, yeah. that's a big Wanda Robinson healthy, maybe Paris Campbell. Yeah. But wide receiver wise, it's, they haven't really made a splash yet. So wouldn't be surprised to see him take a wide receiver in the draft. Then. Yeah. thousand percent. Or, or go trade and make a splash. I mean, that's, we saw that in Buffalo. When they wanted Josh Allen to take that lead forward, they would have traded for Yeah. I mean, I think they could be big players in the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes or, you know, maybe try and get Odell back. You know, I think either one of those plays are, are definitely possible for New York. There's just uh, my thing with the, the Giants, too, is there's just a lot of consistency across this team from year from yep. last year to this year. And that's something we haven't seen with the Giants in, in recent years. And with the Eagles, a little maybe a little bit less consistency, although I think Howie did a good job mostly keeping the gang together. That's a right. that's an always sunny reference, by the way. You guys just talking up the Giants and <laughs> the Eagles and Brinson. You know who's here right now? The Breach okay, Three Thousand. We know who I'm going with. It's the Dallas Cowboys, and I will say I I was on the Eagles train last year. I picked them to win the, the division. I was not as crazy as Brinson putting them all the way in the Super Bowl last season, but I did. I love the Eagles last season. This year. Eagles just lost too many starters. I still think they'll be good. I still think they'll make the playoffs. But when we're talking about Javon Hargrave, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, they lost a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball, lost an offensive lineman. As Brinson mentioned, you lost both your coordinators. So now you're you're just – you're not starting from scratch, but it's a lot to replace. And you look at the Cowboys did. They needed a, a, a number two wide receiver there with C.D. Lamb. They bring in Brandon Cooks, who – should tear it up in that offense. They get Stefan Gilmore for almost nothing. That is such a huge upgrade for that defense that needed corners so badly. And now you're talking about a team that won 12 games and they objectively got better. And so I just feel like the Cowboys at plus 180, it seems like a pretty friendly bet from the break spot. 
Breeze, so we'll offensively, be dropping three. Offensively, you feel as though that Brandon Cooks moves the needle enough for you, Breeze? Because, I mean, yeah, they may move yes. defensively. You know, you get a corner to Stephon Gilmore. That's a big splash for sure, a thousand percent. But getting Brandon Cooks and then you also lose Zeke on the back end who had double-digit touchdowns for you last season. Are you, t- Tony Pollard you so much better than Zeke. It's not even close. I'm just saying you also have to then count on Tony Pollard being 100% healthy and being able to tote the rock for the Just like you do with Rashad Penny. No, we have three running backs that we can count on who are productive. Yeah, they, yeah, they just signed Ronald Jones. That's they, fair. They, I mean, they know. Preach, preach. Come on, buddy. Brandon Cooks. Ronald Jones is, Ronald Jones is wild. <laughs> Brandon Cooks has put up over 1,000 yards in two of the past three seasons playing yeah. in the Houston Texans Brandon, offense. Brandon Cooks is a big He has upgraded so far. He could go for thirteen or 1,400 yards in the Cowboys offense. But there's also a reason why he's been on multiple teams in multiple years. Because – Teams don't value him and don't value his production. Well, so there's, there's a reason. There's a reason for that. He's been traded for like a bunch of first and second round picks too. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying though. But like, teams don't feel like he's valuable enough to stay on his roster for more than a year. Well, the Texans are thinking, no, we don't want to pay him 18 million dollars when we're basically in a rebuild. So let's send him somewhere and get some draft compensation. Out I mean, you could also mean, argue that like AJ Brown got traded, which means that if he's on multiple teams in multiple years, I'm just saying if you want to play Devil's Avocado, Billy. <laughs> all right all right let's let's Billy, move i'm sorry on that here, i'm fellas. against your team <laughs> yeah Let, let's move on and let's personal. talk about the nfc north which is very interesting because the packers have been the kings of the north for a long time of course not last season but they were the favorite uh last season going into it now they're at the very bottom of the odds boards plus 380 who's at the top the detroit lions plus 155 then you got the vikings and the bears the bears are an interesting choice for me here at plus 320 they've made probably the biggest splash so far in free agency with moving the number one and and getting who is it Elijah Moore um so i i like the bears here at plus 320 just for a value pick but i do think that the packers are going to be better than people are giving them credit for but i don't see them winning the division i think okay one i i don't like I think the Bears have made improvements this offseason. I don't know that I'm totally buying in on them. However, give, this division is wide open, assuming that Aaron Rodgers is traded. And when you see the odds at like Packers plus 380 and the Jets plus 130, it is the books. It is the books hedging a little bit, saying, Yeah, we're not going to give you in the event that Rodgers ends up staying in Green Bay, we're not giving you a five or seven to one on Aaron Rodgers to win the NFC North if if he ends up not. You know, departing because I I still think it's not off the table. So there's a little bit of a hedge built in here. I think once that trade is, um, uh, like once a once a trade actually happens, assuming mm-hmm. it does, the Packers would drift up a little bit to like five ish to one maybe, and you see the Vikings and the Bears shrink. I think this is an absolute no brainer bet on the Vikings at three to one here. I don't understand these odds. I think they should be the favorite. They won the division last year. They have some consistency in terms of who they're bringing back. The defense will be improved because Ed Donatel is no longer there. And Kirk Cousins, is he the sexiest, you know, quarterback to have on your team? No, but is he, I don't mean sexy, like, like hot. I know. Yeah. No, but still, not, he, the guy can't win on Monday okay night. So it's not, he's not sexy any way you look at it. Although I do think he's a good looking man, but that's neither here nor he's there. A, he is a, he is an attractive father. He's a, he's a, yeah. I, you know what? He's he needs a, to keep his shirt on and lay off the chains. I will say that, but he is an what? attractive. He's he looks like, like the, he he looks like a quintessential kind of Minnesota hot dad. He's a. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this without. Um, uh, I was trying to say he's not. Huh? No, there's, huh? there's, a, there's a phrase that that um, that young ladies like to throw around that begins with a oh. D I L F. Yep. Right? Dil- yeah. He's not yeah, a I, dilf. Think, I think that's a safe. I think this is that's a safe He's place. A dilf, right? You can say yeah, dilf on it, yeah, right? So yeah. Kirk Cousins isn't a dilf. He's like a um, a Minnesota uh, dilf. A dilm. He's a dad. He's like a dad you'd like to marry. Dad, you know, like like he's like he's like he's okay. like he's like somebody you want to take home to your. You know, he's not like you know introduce what I'm him like, to the parents. Yes. Yeah. Or like yes. you want to like he's a dad you'd like to date, but I but that acronym was drifting. A dad you'd like to date. Well, well, no, not me. I'm married. saying like. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like I, I was gonna do the acronym with a D, but then it was drifting dangerously towards me saying something on this podcast. Okay. I don't think I need to say. You know, okay. you see where we're going with this. So yeah. anyway, the Vikings at three to one. Yeah, <laughs> clearly to me the best bet on the board. Breach. Uh, yeah, I won't get into the Dilf conversation, but I will say, <laughs> come on, that- dip your toe in. 
if you are you 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 you're drifting into that's serious. See, this this, this is a Kirk Cousins I can't get behind though. I don't like this this version. Whatever. Anyways, continue. Vikings three to one. Sunglasses. Oh no! Look at this. We have the exact same glasses. Oh my God, Brinson. I gotta go. Why does it say fraud spinning there? What is going on here? Anyway, he is, he is I, yeah, I would just say that I totally agree with Brinson here. If if this division is wide open and the defending champions are plus 300, I'm going to grab that all day. I cannot believe the Vikings are plus 300 here. Uh, it, it's just, look, Justin Fields could be good, but we're talking about a team that went what three and 14 last year, even if they improve seven wins, they're only to 10 and seven. I don't think that's going to win the division. We don't know about Jordan love. Uh, so yeah, I think the Vikings aren't just the best pick, but they're the best value pick. So I'm on, I'm on board with Princeton here. What am I, I mean, why, why are the lions, why are the Vikings three to one? What am I, I mean, am I, well, like, the Lions have made a lot of good off, you know, season moves, obviously bulking up their defense. I think a lot of people are buying into that hype. I will say when you look at Minnesota, though, yeah, they had one of the best records in football, but a lot of that was luck. A lot of that was single possession games that could have gone the other way. So you guys are banking on that they're going to win the same amount of games or more next season when they were just oh, winning by by small margins. That's a good point. Very good point. Um, yeah, actually, if I was – Crap. I forgot that if like I was picking a team to take a step back, the Vikings. <laughs> I just don't know that they win that many games. And you look at the 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 Chicago Bears are going to get better. The Detroit Lions have gotten better. And the Packers, I think, are going to be better than people think they're going to be uh with Jordan Love. But I don't know. Anyways, all right. I'll just say Moving real quick. On. The Vikings the Vikings won the division by four games last year. This wasn't like they won it by one game and and snuck away. So even if they took a step back, there's still room to take a step back and still win the division. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're based on their point differential. Their expected win loss would be was like eight point four wins and eight point six losses. So that that is concerning that they went thirteen to four. But you, I mean, and again, so like you expect some regression. You also in year two of a new of a first year coach, you know, who has experience with Kirk Cousins. You have a lot of talent there. So yeah, I mean, the the, the issue is like the Bears. None of those team none of those prices for chicago or green bay or even detroit are attractive yeah like if somebody was like six to one or seven to one maybe so i guess that's sort of my issue there all right i can i can ride with you on that one okay moving on to the nfc south which is really the new nfc east it's like the worst division in football you got the saints at the top plus 120 followed by the panthers the falcons and then the bucks all the way at the bottom there plus 460 i have no idea what to do with this division so i'll, I'll kick it over to one of y'all so, I mean, I think right now, if you were betting it, you kind of have to go with the Saints at plus 120. Um, mm. I don't love it. There's something about it. it doesn't feel right. The problem is, like, um, the um, like the Panthers, presumably, you know, C.J. Stroud's minus 300 to go first of all. That, that's a reactive market. Uh, you know, we heard Josh McCown yesterday say, when you come, when you're living in Charlotte, we'll find a court and everybody, you know, great job by Tyler Sullivan writing that article. I thought it was a breach headline for sure. Um, but like, I don't know that getting CJ Stroud or Bryce Young definitely puts the Panthers over the top against the Saints who really do have a good roster and they brought Michael Thomas back and Derek Carr is a perfect fit for that team. In my opinion, they still should be able to run the ball, you know, assuming nothing you know crazy happens with Alvin Kamara. You know, I don't know that Taylor Heineke or, you know, Baker Mayfield, I, I mean, this division could go any which way, but I sort of feel like the Saints should be minus 120 instead of plus 120. So in that regard, maybe I like the Saints, although I think the draft is so, so important for these for the teams in this division because, like, you know, if Carolina gets C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young mm -hmm. at one versus like, mm -hmm. you know, Will Richardson or Will Love. I mean, we, we just don't know who they're going to, like if they drafted Will Richards, Will Richardson one, and we thought that they were then going to have to play Andy Dalton the full season, all due respect breach. I would not want the Panthers at three to one. I think I'd be more interested in them with them at with Stroud or Young, knowing that those guys could both be immediate impact impact guys as a rookie who come in, you know, what, 12 years after cam the last time they had the number one pick and, and, and make noise with an offensive line. It's, it's, I don't know. This is, it, I agree with you. It's really tough. I would probably lean saints though right now. Oof. You know, the thing is worst case scenario, the Panthers would have 
Andy Dalton is their starting quarterback for the entire season, right? I mean, that's kind of what you're making this to sound like. They went through three quarterbacks last year. P.J. Walker, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and they still won seven games with that trio of guys running the show. And I think Dalton is more consistent, maybe not more talented. And, and so if he were to be the starter this year, I still think you could argue that they're in the conversation to win the division just because of how ridiculous. I mean, Desmond Ritter might be the Falcon starter. We don't even know who their starter is going to be. Uh, Baker Mayfield's in Tampa Bay. And, and obviously Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the division right now. Uh, so I think the Saints probably at plus 120, like you said, Brenton, feel like the safest bet. But the division is just so wide open. I think I would go with the Panthers. I feel like they, they have the best roster, but they don't really have their QB situation figured out. Uh, so I think my value bet would be the Panthers. But the Saints feel like the favorite, which they are, obviously, with the odds. All right. Kind of a gross division. On that note, we will take a quick break. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast. We'll be right back. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Golf's biggest stars descend on Oak Hill for one unforgettable major. The PGA Championship coming in May to CBS. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and John Breach. We're talking NFL futures. And just a reminder, make sure you show us some love with likes and comments and subscribes and downloads and tell your friends about us. Word of mouth, we certainly appreciate it. All right, guys, we went through all of the divisions, but I thought it'd be fun maybe if we play a little game on if Aaron Rodgers gets to the Jets. And you can find some interesting kind of fun bets to place right now. So I'll just throw some of them out there and uh, you guys can tell me how you, now these are like long shot kind of fun bets, but you've got the New York Jets to score one plus touchdown in every regular season game. That's at plus 150. The New York Jets to make the playoffs and the Green Bay Packers to miss the playoffs. That's at plus 200. And then you've got the Jets to defeat the Bills at home and on the road in the regular season plus 300. There's just a bunch of these that you could kind of look at. Is there any of these? I know we sent them in the group chat earlier that you guys are thinking about firing out. I mean, you can take the Jets to go undefeated in the regular season at plus 15,000. Anyone want to uh, dabble in that one? Breach, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'll take some dabbling here. I think one of the props I love there uh, in our text thread from 6 a.m. this morning. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God forbid, we, God forbid we start texting at 10 a.m. my eyes were groggy but i was still was able to read some of these and now i've got the list in front of me i think my favorite one here uh as far as value and i think has a realistic shot of happening is the jets to get at least one passing touchdown in every regular season game that is plus 750 and so you're talking about seven and a half to one odds and if especially if aaron Rodgers is the quarterback uh, of him throwing a touchdown pass in every single game. I mean, you look at last season where Rodgers was not great. I mean, he would admit that probably one of his worst seasons, he still threw a touchdown in 16 out of 17 games. Uh, so yep. he only missed out on one. And now he's going to have probably a better receiving core in New York. And he knows the offense with Nathaniel Hackett. And plus 750, boom, I am, I'm getting that one. I think you could also, if you're, if you're, if you're jumping on that, you could, you know, uh, take whatever you invest um, into, like you know, like like you know, like let's say you put a half a unit on that, right? I think you could then put like 0.75 units on Jets plus 150 to score a touchdown in every regular season game because then that sort of bails you out if you have a game where it's like you know uh, Brees Hall or Zonovan Knight go nuts and Rodgers doesn't end up throwing a passing touchdown. But I, I like that 750. That that feels um, like or, what's more likely? Aaron Rodgers throws a passing touchdown in every single regular season game at plus 750, or the Jets get the number one seed in the AFC. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, that's way better value on the, on the passing touchdowns to me. Um, yeah. Looking at it, 110 to one, the Jets score one plus rushing touchdown in every regular season game. I, that's not terrible either, because you've you got to well, figure. 
it's Aaron Rodgers to score, not the Jets. No, 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 no. It's New York Jets to score one plus rushing touchdown in every regular season game. Down there at plus one ten. Like, Mm -hmm. I think Rodgers is going to pass the ball. But if this is a team that's good, they're going to have leads and they will be running the ball late. We know we think their offensive line is going to be improved. We think they're going to they're going to run the football. They're not going to just be Rodgers chunking it all around the place. So I, I think um, I think there's a decent chance that uh, that uh, not a decent chance that happens. I think, but plus one ten, I like that a lot. Yeah, I like those too. I also think that it's interesting. I don't know that I would necessarily play it, but for the Jets to make the playoffs and Green Bay to miss the playoffs mm. at plus 200 um, is kind of a fun one. Real quick, before we get out of here, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, right? Hypothetically, his over-under right now for his passing yards is set to 4,000.5, over and under both minus 112. Now, he did not get 4,000 yards last year, but he pretty much has every single year except for 2017 when he had that collarbone. With the Jets and with Lazard, maybe Cobb, maybe OBJ, people have been saying in the chat, does Aaron Rodgers get over 4,000 yards, passing yards, next season? Probably. Rogers doesn't isn't like a guy who like just always goes for 4K though. You know, like he's I don't I don't I don't know. I'm on the fence. He's <laughs> gone over 4K and yeah, every year except for 2017 and last year. But I mean, 4K 4K is not hard to get with 17 games. I mean, you know, yeah. So yeah, I mean I would True. I would lean yes. I would say yes, but I will know he did not throw for even 300 yards in a single game last year. Didn't hit 300 yeah. a single time. Uh and he had that bizarre. 17 games is 17 games, though. So I do think that yeah, and you got Garrett Wilson. And I think, too, like if Rodgers was sort of being phased out as opposed to being like, like he very clearly so we saw him on McAfee, right? Like we talked about this. We did the emergency pop with him. Go check that out on the feed. This guy's pissed off. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers yeah. pissed off is a different animal than just like if Aaron Rodgers just cashing a check with the Jets, I wouldn't want to take that. But Aaron Rodgers pissed off at the Packers for saying, we think you're toast. And Jordan Love is who we want to roll with. That's there's a spite season from like Aaron Rodgers is Larry David, right? He this is a spite store. This is Latte Larry's. This is you know whatever we want to call it for Aaron. I mean, this is he's opening up a spite store in New York if he gets traded, and I think he gets loose. So yeah, I'll take this. And, and real quick, to get four thousand yards, he would just have to average two hundred and thirty-five per I mean, game. No. Yeah, that seems doable. All right. I'll ride, I'll ride that on the over with you guys as well. And on that note, that is the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure that you also tap in on Monday at 1 p.m. for more NFL offseason coverage. And remember, like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube page. And for anyone listening to the audio-only version, download, follow, leave that five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. On behalf of myself, Will Brinson, and John Breach, see you Monday.